Dear Jazzy. The following program is intended for mature adults over the age of 18. If you are not a patron looking for information on sex, relationships, and gender, please visit scarletteen.org. Nothing said on this show is a replacement for official medical advice. Trust me. Last time I checked, no one here is a doctor. Welcome back to Dear Jesse, episode 27, the show where we answer all vice kinky questions. I am your host, Jasmine Starshine. And I'm your co-host, Miss Mimi. And Miss Mimi, we have a third with us tonight. Oh, hell yeah, we do. I'm pretty sure I have a bird. <laughs> are you Are you even are a you? first? Yeah. I thought really? it said Discord pet. Well, yeah. What? It falls post Interesting. Ladies and germs and people of all genders, we have Kimmy on the show once again. Hello, I am Kimmy. Otherwise known as River the Fox. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of like Channel Energy today. That's definitely true. I was on the usual event today, and there was definitely some like info energy. <laughs> Release. Release the bimbo gas. <laughs> <laughs> Just pink smog all over. Uh, could not handle it. <laughs> like, oh, oh my no. god. Like, just like you did uh, when Rude did the Q&A. Like, oh my god. <laughs> so for those out of the know, uh, The Usual Bet is our sister podcast, and Kimmy is, w- is one of the uh, members of that household that makes very frequent uh, cameo appearances. And then the whole first, third, and also fourths, and seconds, and zeros. That is all in-universe reference to uh, the Audrey and Stacy chronology of stories that you can find on the SNP Patreon, and also for free. Uh, where can we? Where can listeners find all that good stuff? Well, the patreon.com slash Sophie Pudding is always a good place to start. And I believe that one's up there for free. Mm-hmm. But all of their stories are also posted on dailydivers.com at the moment. Wonderful. And then you are also a writer. Alongside being a wonderful pet fox, you are also a writer. Yes, I am. I've written two, three novel-length stories, um, only one of which I consider, like, a serious work. Uh, but it is generally well-received. It's called Breaking the Girl. It's a journey of mental health, love, and acceptance. Wonderful. Where can people read that? Uh, that one's on ABL Story Forum and also uh, dailydivers.com and I I think it's been reposted on the Sophie and Pudding Pudding Patreon. Excellent. And speaking of Patreon, we have our own Patreon to talk about. So I'm just going to charge right through this. Uh, Right in the $15 tier, which at $15 gets you a custom porn commission slot once a month in addition to everything else. Daddy Gray says... Furthermore, Princess Sarah says... Further, Imp says, as you can tell, not a, lot, not a lot of people. Oh, wait, no, he just sent his in. He says, I love you. <laughs> Daddy says, I love you, Squish, but this week, people have not been good about sending in their shout outs. So we're just going to do our best here. I, uh, I have a clarifying question. What's up? Are you recording this while messy? 
No, but you're recording this while wet, Missy. I don't know oh, about. snap. Snap, I snap. I don't know what you're talking about. Moving along in the Patreon, Imp says, quote, that's not what your pamper can do for you, but what you can do for your pamper. Pamper your pamper, oh, my friends. Oh, oh my God. God. You're cruising for a bruising tonight. I yeah, couldn't get... Can't See the end of it again. I interrupted. <laughs> pamper your pamper, my friends. I'm going to get the bell. <laughs> Anyways. I'm not, I'm not wearing my bell. Oh, but I have mine. Do you remember that? No. Oh. Then you should go back and listen to your episode and remember uh, how how you got your butt tanned. No. Okay, now I remember that. No, 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 no. <laughs> I thought so. No, no, no. I, I already got like thirty squat today for going outside 30. without permission. Ooh, what a bad girl. <sighs> Moving along, Wrath says. Wrath also did not send in a shout out submission. Kaneko says. Wait. Co is a totally 100% big girl. Doubt. In the $10 tier, which gets you the monthly porn, uh, Briah says, once again, did not send in a shout out, but that's okay. We still love you. In the $5 tier, which gets you a set of uh, nudes every month, we have Casa, Cloud Puddles, Juicebox, and Phil258. And in the $1 tier, we have Raystar slash Twinkie Fluff and Jamie. And... As I very seductively swish around my vodka here at my desk, we have uh, two packages, and I'm really, really excited. Uh, the first one I already opened up and showed uh, everyone in the server, but uh, Cloud Puddles sent me a giant box of 12 more beach balls to add to the hoard after last <laughs> after last episode so thank you so much for that and then this next one just came in um today and i have no idea what it is but it is it is addressed to jasmine starshine so i'm i can only assume it's safe to open up on the show so I'm, i've got the uh auto de starshine car keys here and we're going to see what this this is such a legit unboxing i didn't even undo like the packing tape from Amazon yet. So by all means, you two can keep conversing while I work on this. Hello, Mimi. How are you doing? Oh, you know, waiting for Jazzy to cut herself again. She did that on her stream yesterday. Oh, God. I mean, well, she managed to cut herself on plastic yesterday. Well, they're plastic key. <laughs> they're those big, like, rattle... I mean, we just, she probably should just have some of those rubber ones, not just like those really nice teether ones. I hear, I hear you're fond of teethers too. Ooh. No, 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 no. I'm not big on teethers at all. Oh, oh, that's okay. A, that's my a mistake. Loss. It's okay. So I just opened up the package and I got, uh, actually, no, this last one. This, uh, I'm sorry, this thank you note is from Cloud Puddles, and it came in, or uh, gift for you note, it came in the last box. It says, to the best officially unofficial non-sister sister from another mister, sister of battle and fellow rocker of stuff, squeak on, on squeak on my favorite little mud puppy. Love you, puppy pants from Sky. It's, it's adorbs. 
And then uh, the note for this package says, enjoy your gift. And I'm going to see what this is. You gonna burn them with cigarettes? Maybe. <laughs> oh my God. Yo! Oh my God. Yes! <laughs> this is amazing. Okay, so in here is um, for anyone who watched my stream last night, which I'm going to start doing my best to stream more, I was working on some Warhammer figures and specifically Warhammer 40K in Drakari or Dark Eldar. I was working on a radar and some Cabalite Warriors. I just opened up another sealed box of Cabalite Warriors. Nice. <laughs> this is awesome. This is so awesome. <laughs> oh my God, this is great. This is, oh my God. <laughs> and then also in the box, oh, this is going to be so useful. So this is a little uh, stand that is used for soldering. And on it, um, I'm going to be using this for soldering, but also for painting because it has an LED light and also a magnifier along with some clips to hold things. So this is going to make my painting life for these models so much better. So thank you so 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 much for this i am beyond words and i i was um i was just telling the server it has been i don't know how many months since i haven't gotten a package in the mail from one of you people so thank you so much for everything that's getting sent i don't know what to say i'm beyond words thank you so much so with all that out of the way I, I'm still, wow, I'm, I'm shook. I'm really, really shook. Let's get into the show. So, you two, I have posted the questions in our little Discord chat server. Wait, I'm confused. Is Bono here? Bono? <laughs> what? I just, I, like, no, like, if, if Bono's here, like, I need to be on, like, my best behavior. I mean, He's you like, should be on your best behavior. Famous and stuff. I am so lost. You mentioned you too. Oh, did I? I hope not. She's being a brat. I, oh. What? I didn't She's... do anything wrong. You said you too, or you're ready to answer questions. And like, if you choose here, like, like, oh, I don't even like Bono, but like, he's still famous. <laughs> Damn. Well, uh, as a matter of fact, I've got the Edge and Bono on my on the Dear Jazzy Studio couch back here, and they heard you say oh. that. Oh well, <laughs> fine. I'm gonna double down. Tell him he's a wanker. Oh shit! <laughs> Sultry language from such a little girl. Jeez. Where's that bell? Where's that? Bell? No! 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 I just rang it. I wasn't next to the... I'm going to move the bell next to me. Daddy hates the bell. So keep in mind that every time you make me hit the bell, you inconvenience my daddy, and he hates the bell. So if anything, Sorry, be Mr. good for Gray. my daddy's sake. I didn't do anything wrong. I did. That's another one that's going to pierce his ears. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. So... We have some questions. That's what we do on Dear Jazzy. Actually, no, that's a lie. That's a lie. I have an addendum, and I'm going to handle the first question. Because, Kimmy, when we what? did the last episode, which was on inflatables and everything, yeah, you, uh, you asked, 
uh, Dear Jazzy, did you talk about the war between poppers and non-poppers? And my response was, shit, how did I forget? So you, and my, my response to your response was, because you never invite me on the show. And that's why you're here. Because that's why I'm you. here. Because I'm a brat. It's true. It's true. So Funny how it's like bratty behavior that gets her on the show, but bratty behavior that makes us ring the bell. It's true. It's Listen, true. everybody likes to hear me get punished. Like, it's true. <laughs> you know how like there are often villains in movies and you're like, oh, I just love to hate that guy. Well, it's, it's something similar. It's like, oh, Kimmy's so cute and adorable and everybody likes her. And also we want to watch her get her ass beat. Yeah, that, that tracks. About right. The inner sadomasochist in me just loves it. <laughs> what about the outer sadomasochist? It loves it even more. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> okay, so to answer your question, um, and to also appease the uh, the uh, Telegram channel of uh, inflatable, the fellow inflatable fans that I shared the last episode to, um, the war between poppers and non-poppers and the whole idea behind that. Um, a big part of the inflatable fetish for a lot of us is uh, the popping of toys and balloons, whether it be like, cause it's, there's multiple different angles between like balloons, obviously like explode. Whereas um, inflatables and pool toys do not like you, you can make holes in them and they'll hiss slowly down. They only really like rupture and explode if you're like really hard bouncing on it. And if you're doing that on a custom toy, it's really, really rare unless you're doing that with like an air compressor or something like that. So the idea behind it is, and I've done a little bit more research into this because that's what I do here on Dear Jazzy. There is a very, and it's funny I mentioned sadomasochism. There is almost like a sadomasochist element to popping in a way in that someone can be very like sadistic with their uh toys and almost like dom them in a way or you can be like me whereas i'm just like a hundred percent sub in every aspect of my life and i like when other people do that to my toys with consent of course and not just speckles because he's expensive but you know there's an there's a layer of like excitement there and everything and then on the other side of that coin you have people called non-poppers and that and that ranges from people who are like totally sensible and cool and they're just just like yeah I, I don't have that feeling with my toys and i don't you know express the fetish in that way and it's fine it's whatever and then there's people who need to seek professional help and these are the types of people who are represented on shows like my strange addiction and <laughs> There there are literally so many forms where it's just like, my toys are my family and my partners, and if anyone tries to pop them, I will fucking seek you down and murder you. Like, there are literally people who have been, like, doxxed and given death threats for posting porn of them, like, doing <laughs> doing things to their toys that they didn't like. And these are the people that take the shit way too serious. And it's like, friend this is a fetish this is literally a fetish with inanimate objects and sometimes people tend to forget the whole inanimate object part of it and they're like 
if, if anyone pops a toy, you're a sick fuck. And you're like a sadomasochist. And it's like, yes, I am a sadomasochist. And it's not a bad thing. <laughs> and it's just like, and I'm really happy that um, a bunch of people have asked me to bring up like the literal war between it between um the poppers and non-poppers and it's like even cited in like articles online just like this animosity sometimes between uh the non-poppers towards the people who enjoy popping their toys and it's like i would say comedical if there wasn't doxing involved and it's just so 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 wild like the lengths that sometimes these people will go to just to ruin or attempt to ruin someone's life for having a fetish. And it's just, it's so wild. So I'm really happy that you and other people have brought that up for me to talk about on the show. Um, As I mentioned in the last episode, popping is hot as fuck for me. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) if people are going to get mad at me for that, let them because they're just toys. Well, hold on. Hold on. Because now I'm going to come to the defense of the non-poppers, okay? Sure. Go for it. Because you've painted a very one... You can't see my hand gestures here, but I'm doing a very sassy hand gesture. (laughs) You've represented them as this extremist group, which there are going to be extremist elements in any group. But for the non-poppers, it can also be a source of pain or trauma, even to witness poppet and it ties into a sort of like almost like your little space you know Mm -hmm. jazzy you're a helpless infant ouch and i've watched (laughs) you reduced to a helpless infant to the point where you're just like laying there cooing and kind of giggling and squeaking wow wow rude what i'm not throwing shade i'm spitting facts now, can't even be mad. If someone were to take your teddy bear or whatever oh. and treat it roughly while you're in a little space, that would be really painful for you. Yeah, no, and I can see that. It's more like that. Like they they gain pleasure from the simplicity, the innocence, the touch, the feel, the smell of the balloon. I don't know. I don't have the fetish. Um, like, mine's, like, adjacent. Just, like, everything. I'm, like, adjacent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't necessarily have to get angry that it's occurring. But it can also just be a, hey, it hurts my feelings when you do that. Yeah, I mean, that's valid. And then the other angle is, like, there are some non-poppers who it's out of necessity, where it's just like, hey, I, I don't have the money to replace toys and, like, go through them. And that's entirely valid. And, like, that that really sucks. <clears throat> and But, you know, there is, you know, I can't mention non-poppers without... If you mention that, that term around the inflatables fetish community it conjures this image of like this completely just like i don't know how to word it without sounding completely ableist so i'm not going to um 
of someone that is just helplessly enamored with inanimate objects. Although I can totally see the angle that you're coming from and everything. And oh. like, it is wild. It really is wild. So, do you, do you remember what my adjacent little bit of it is to the inflatables? I do, but uh, the listeners do not. Well, I want to know if you remember. I want to know if you can tell uh, the audience. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, so, Mimi, do you have anything that's, like, inflatable adjacent? I'm afraid I didn't catch the inflatable show. Uh... I, I don't. The only thing that I have to add to all of that and to this conversation is when it comes to non-poppers as well, um, the thing you mentioned, trauma. The other thing to keep huh? in mind, too, is speaking of potentially non-popper adjacent, um, it can, like, just the the actual act or the act, the sound specifically that comes from yep. popping can lead to a lot of trauma as well or yep. bring back trauma. Yep, absolutely. It could be a trigger. Uh, so, mine is being trapped inside a giant inflatable, like That's a right. big balloon or an inflatable ball or something like that. And there's like multiple variations to that, like the opaque ball where you can't even see out uh, or where you're really cramped or the transparent ball where you're like a pet on display. Like and these like are a hamster hot. ball. Fuck yes. Like a giant inflatable hamster ball. Yes! Well, it doesn't even have to be inflatable for the hamster ball, but, like, well, that's I mean... generally the way they come. Uh, but, yeah, like, that's super hot to me. You know, crossing over with Vor a little bit, I know that I do not have the Vor fetish, but we've had guests who are into Vor. Uh, Puffy Paws has put out a toy, like, God, I want to say, like, 2010, like, forever ago, where um, it was a... They did an inflatable, I think, either cobra or python. Oh, but, my God. And it was, like, they only made, like, uh, when they do a, quote, one-off toy, they always make at least two, one for them and then one for the customer, like a prototype, and then the final. Uh-huh. Um, so this was not, like, a produced toy. This was a custom commission that they did. And it was airtight, but someone could crawl into the mouth and then slither their way down into the belly and I was like, that is so cool. And that's that really, so cool. really intricate. And then there are people that have made, um, we talked about um, the importance of Intex and then um, also their toys like the whale and the dolphin. There are people that have made dolphin suits, like where you can like unzip it and then go inside of it. And just like the other one, it's airtight. So I feel like that would be right up your alley. Oh, uh, I don't know. Because... Okay, mine always hinges upon the interaction of another person. Mm -hmm. Like, the the Vor thing wouldn't necessarily appeal to me because my fetish is dehumanization and objectification. And without mm -hmm. an audience, there really is no objectification. So, like, being eaten by a giant inflatable cobra... Well, it sounds fun. It really does sound fun. It like, really you get yourself does. lubed up and you just slip in there. Like, that would be fun. Uh, it doesn't necessarily tick the boxes unless it's like, I don't know, somebody feeding to it. 
that would be mm. that would be kind of hot. Okay. There is another person who made um, this toy was not made for that, but someone took a puffy paws or t- rather two puffy paws vixens, which are not cheap at all <laughs> and were not produced in large numbers. Put took two of them, opened them up, and modified them into a pool toy, like more or less fursuit. And of course, there's all the people like, oh my god, you you injured the toy, uh, and then. There's people like me, they're like, God damn, that's hot. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god, that's that's really hot. But it was so cool. And also just like the ingenuity and the the crafting that it took to create that was so cool. So oh. Oh, can you still hear me? Okay, yeah. thank God. My whole screen went black for a second. I was like, no, not like this. Not like this. <laughs> not like this. Okay. So that is my answer to your question and i Wonderful. finally was able to touch on popping slash non-popping you can always I, touch on me yeah ooh, <laughs> you know it's funny i've joked with with daddy in the past like i have the most unfortunate setup of fetish and phobia because it's like i love pool toys and i love balloons but i have an extremely acute fetish uh, uh phobia of balloons popping like i cannot handle it like the, the, the anxiety of oh is it gonna pop Yes, exactly. And sometimes to torture me, he'll like blowing up and like chase me around with that. I'm like, oh, Jesus, Jesus Christ. And it's just like, yes, he has consent to do that. And it's totally fine. And he's just being funny. And he's not actually trying to like traumatize me. So it's just like a silly thing that we do. But and also I love fear play. But also it sucks because I really want to play with them. And also, it's really, really, really hard for me to do so. So I have, like, the most unfortunate combination, and it just sucks. So, I don't know. You could look at it as unfortunate, or you could look at it as fortunate in that you know that you can get into the fear play with something that is harmless and easily accessible. That's true. That's true. Why you gotta be a glass half-empty? That's true. The biggest thing is, as long as I can wear, like, ear protection, I'm mostly good. Like, that's the biggest thing for me. You've gotta have earplugs when you play with a balloon. Yeah, because it is so goddamn loud. (laughs) Really loud. Uh, How many heavy metal concerts have you been to? How many heavy metal? How many did you play? (laughs) I was going to say, how many heavy metal and emo concerts did I perform in? Hmm. Yeah, but you wear plugs when you perform, right? Nope. You dumbass. What's wrong with you? I'm telling your daddy. (laughs) Oh, he he knows. He knows. It's it's funny because so many people have gotten on my ass about that, but it is so it's so different and so difficult. And also, it is significantly less loud on the stage than in the house because what? you're behind shut up <laughs> you're behind the house speakers and all you're hearing is um your amp and then the drums and then a little bit of the monitors and that's it you don't hear what the house hears and in in the actual house like in the mosh pit and everywhere else it is so goddamn loud but when you're on stage it is actually kind of nice and it's not bad at all thank you much for that but i don't wear earplugs either so i mean but i have a completely different experience and i'll tell you what sometimes i wish i had earplugs because sitting in front of a percussion section 
that have an anvils and things that are designed to be piercingly loud. Sucks. Sucks. Oh my god. <laughs> I would always plug um, only my right ear because I needed to be able to hear myself when I'm singing to stay on pitch. But it'll always keep my left ear open so I can listen for the snare drum. And that would always keep me like on time and everything. Music is wild. Music is wild. So speaking of wild, uh, I have an observation about uh, the intricate web nature of fetishes. And you also your turn signal on that segue. Huh? You forgot your turn signal on that segue. <laughs> I don't think segues have turn signals. You can do hand I'm, signs on them. I'm pretty sure you have to do hand signs. Well, I did the hand sign. Maybe. <laughs> it's not my fault. You couldn't see it. So anyway. So anyway. Well, Jazzy. Yes, Jazzy. Yes, Kimmy. Hello. I once I once read a story about a species of inflatable creatures that okay. would eat and dissolve their human hosts. You know you know what I'm talking about? No. I okay. Don't. I figured it was a long shot. I just think it's really funny because like it's like one part furrydom and one part like unbirthing and one part inflatable and like yeah. it's just funny how different fetishes collide. It's true and you know it's funny. This is like only somewhat related. I had a dream one time. So it's not a story, it's a dream that I was in um, a water park and so not dissimilar from Kalahari and I know that you and I have been to Kalahari in the past for conventions and stuff like that sure. um, for Mimi it's if you have Great Wolf Lodge or something similar in Canada it's basically a giant hotel that has I, an I, even bigger water park I, I know what Kalahari is okay cool it's I, a um, desert in Africa I, I don't live it's under a, a rock <laughs> I was just checking. I didn't want to assume. You know what they say about assumptions? We, it makes it makes a chance about you it. and me. You know what? That's true. We've talked about it on the show even. Anyway, so I had a dream that it was in a water park, not dissimilar from Kalahari. And at these parks, they usually have like a metric fuck ton of inner tubes. But in this park, they had nothing but just puffy paws. Hundreds of them. And I was just in heaven. And it was great. So, so you like orgasmed on every ride? Yes. Okay. I did. My sheets were very, very not dry the next morning. Uh, you went to bed padded. Don't try to lie to anybody. I didn't. This is when I was still living at my parents' house. Oh, okay. Well, all right. I thought this was like yes. a recent dream. No, unfortunately, this was not a recent dream. This is when I was like, God, I think I was still a teenager. That's a powerful dream. dream if you can remember it this many years later. Oh wait, you oh were a teenager God. last year. I was I was uh one last year. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it's oh funny gosh. the number of people that think I'm like 19 or 20. It's like I just turned 25. I celebrated my birthday on the show. <laughs> I am not I am not you're, a teenager. You're an infant. You're both I really am. I'm it's older true. than you are, darling. Not but there's much. a question. Jazzy, yes. you mentioned that there was a metric fuckton. Are you allowed to have metric anything? Is Doesn't that come in freedom fucktons? No, we you absolutely know. have metric uh, units in use in random places just to be infuriating. We don't sell <laughs> a gallon of cola. You get 
a two a liter. liter bottle. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> Unless you, you get the small one, then we're we're back to Imperial Alpha. Oh God. This is a twenty yeah. ounce. It's so true. You go into the gas station and you, and you buy a two liter, a Coke, and then you go out of the gas station and you pump a gallon of petrol. And it's huh. like... We don't no. call it petrol because we're not heathens. Wow. I call, it pet I call it petrol because I don't like being an American. And that's also why I don't use imperial units. <laughs> and that's why I also spell color color because color just an now OR. Silly. Now you're, you're just rebelling for the sake of rebelling. Secretly, I, she just wants to be Canadian. Doesn't everybody? I mean, everyone. you should. <laughs> yes. That's the moral of the episode. Like, the package I opened up, exactly one kilo. And I was super happy about that, because I was able to do the conversion in my head between pounds and kilo, <laughs> and it made me real happy. Moving on, we have questions for the Wait, show. Wait, no, is... I don't want to move on yet. I just want to point out that you got a key of 40k. Okay, now we I can did. move on. I did. I've got a key of 40k. Oh my god. Moving on. <laughs> what is the first question? Wait, I think I realized why you don't invite me on. Why is that? Because I'm infuriating. <laughs> I, I'm just going to say there's a reason why I poured myself a glass of vodka before we started the episode. It's a good thing we have that bell. <laughs> it's true. There, for no. good measure. Okay, what's the first question? We love you, Kimmy. Yeah. We do. Joking aside, we really do love you, Kimmy. I know, honey. I love you, too. Aww. What's the first question? Who are you asking? Anyone. Read the fucking question. Okay. The fucking <laughs> question says, Dear Jasm and Mother May I of Canada, why have you not worked together with ABU to make, quote, mud puppy diapers, unquote, yet? Rebecca. Her. Well, Rebecca Sheher, I believe Kimmy already answered the question and she said that pre filled diapers are not a huge market. But and they I, are a market. They are a market. I've and, been oh solicited. I have too. Quite oh a God. lot, actually. There are <laughs> there is a non zero sum of people in my Instagram DMs who are like I'll buy your used diapers. And it's like, ew. No. Ew. But no, also they no, thank you. But also, they offered five hundred dollars, and it's like, mm, it's also a felony to ship a biohazard, if I remember correctly. So, <laughs> I'm gonna go with no. You're However, gonna do the handoff at the park. I'm, I'm going to do a Craigslist handoff of just a box of my shit there, there, for five hundred dollars. There. <laughs> There's an MC Frontalot lyric about that. There's a Craigslist post trading for poo <laughs> that's how i'm going to that's how i'm going to subsidize my 40k army i'm just going to trade away just boxes of my poo please next i question. mean you're literally just throwing it in the garbage dear acab paw patrol recently <laughs> i've been watching a lot of videos about lost media and i'm curious are there any memorable lost kink slash little brands specialty diaper companies from years ago that went poof even specialty pool toy companies that popped out of existence. What a terrible way to ask that question. Jamie, <laughs> Jamie, oh my gosh, we just talked about <laughs> popping and not popping. Why would you ask if they popped out of existence? That's just because it's hot. Cruel. Because it's so hot. Jamie watching YouTube at 3 a.m., she, her. I think the 
the little <laughs> brands that are lost to time are lost to time for good reason and deserve to be lost in time. Uh, like, I'm going to counterpoint like the, you. Yeah? Like, I, I know that there are examples, but DPF was a great place way back in the day. And oh. Bite Mine was pretty great, too. Oh, what was DPF? I have the faintest memory. You remember Mimi? Uh, not off the top of my head. Okay. So, way back when, like, the fight was between Internet Explorer and Netscape Navigator. Yes. And you had to use a telephone line <clears throat> to call the internet. I remember with my your... days. I remember my days of RuneScape. Yes, <laughs> there was an old website called DPF.com, and they were like the original little community. Uh, we weren't called Littles back then. It was purely adult baby. But we all know mm -hmm. what happened with Jerry Springer and all of the like it got a really bad name really quickly and, and tyra banks and all that shit uh they actually had catalogs that you could order in the mail of products really and they sold little clothing and they sold cloth diapers and they were a community and it's one of the first places that i was reading stories online uh, huh. them and bite mine who was one of the original like porn producers like it was adult baby source who's still in business and bite mine go ahead go ahead. no no i just was side come go ahead oh um so yeah like sure there are some that are gone and like we're glad to see them go but there are some that really served a purpose in the community and they just Faded away. See, the ones that I was thinking about, um, I'm not going to mention them by name, but there was a diaper company <clears throat> in Germany, as like specifically an ABDL company that marketed towards TBDLs and had teenage boys as the models. That faded out, and thank God that they're gone. And then there was the old ABU before Casey uh, bought it that was run by a, a real shitheel. Yep, And then there was also, um, this community is like way offline from my research, like not even the Wayback Machine can access it, but the, the community that Casey Strom admitted to admitting and starting when he was a teenager that had, um, that had TBDL forum boards and everything on it. And, you know, it's, it's good that that is not a thing, but, you know, there are a lot of, of of uh kink and little brands or like little specific brands in places that have kind of like faded and those are the ones i'm thinking that have faded for good reason but uh, i'm trying to think of any ones that have largely faded or are on their way out like i haven't seen a ton of also cute in years because <laughs> that was a terrible product but i did buy so the inflatable bad. crib i did really? i own one yes there i have was... considered it there I was like a, it. There was a brand. Um, a lot of folks are very familiar with the Crinkles diapers, and they uh -huh. they changed 
um, core brands, like, um, and the original ones, you don't see them around very often. There's still a few sites that I know that sell them, but the original base brand was made by Comfy Care. And mm -hmm. the original Crinkles diapers were released with Comfy Care as their base um, diaper. And it was, there were some, like, some issues with Comfy Care as they, they do fit small, but, like, the closest thing I think there is on the market right now is a Foresight. Which they're all they're medical medical brands, but like they're crazy absorbent and insanely thick for what you like what you're getting. And the original crinkles, um, the original crinkles dropped shortly before Rears released their Safari, and actually it was shortly after Rears released Safari that crinkles changed brands um, to the ones that they're using now. But the original ones, the plastic was really firm. It was really, really good and, like, crinkly. It was a really well-built diaper. The um, prints were just the very basic um, uh, original crinkles print that you can still get them. Um, but, like, the prints were bigger. It was just, it was a really, really well-put-together product. I don't know the story of why they ended up changing um, base product, but... Uh, that one is slowly disappearing. Um, you can't find the crinkles like anywhere. Um, Comfy Care, like I said, you can get sometimes. I know like two websites that still have them if you're lucky. But uh, yeah, they were something else. They were they were pretty insane. Was that when Crinkles was exclusive to Europe? No, because I had two packs of them. Okay, interesting. Where can you get, like, the original, like, Generation 1 print of Crinkles? I don't know if you can actually still get the Gen 1 pr Crinkles, but you can get the base diaper at, I think, Age Comfort sells them. Um, it's largely a medical site, but I believe that they still sell the base Comfy Care. Let me just have a quick peek here. Um... Age Comfort has really diversified their brands. Like they're selling everything from Tykables to Rears. Oh, hold up! Oh. No, those are the, those are the new ones. Um, I'm excited there for a second. It was the old print, yeah. So they have the four sites, which are good, but the original Comfy Cares are selling. They don't have many. Oh. No, look at that. This product is currently being restocked. Please check back for updates. Um, it looks like you have to buy them. Mediums are the only size that they sell, and they sell them in cases of 36 or bags of 12. And a case of 36 is $107 Canadian. Huh. So, like, they're not... It's not terrible, but they are... They were, at least from what i remember very very good um they're they're like medical but the thing that i found that was kind of quirky about them is that you have the landing zone across the front right yeah but the comfy cares had like diagrams of where the ideal spot to put the tapes was wait for real uh, let me send you let me put a picture in the server it's it's funny but like they have a diagram that's like, yeah, put the tapes here. And it just, 
it just oh cracks me up. <laughs> you are not. I've never ever seen a diagram like that. It's not a great picture, but it it does the gist of the job. That that's actually really funny. The crinkles did not have that. Just the comfy care. I was going to say I've had crinkles. I've never seen. <laughs> that's really funny. So yeah, and like I won't like the new crinkles. They're they're very. They're nice. I find the plastic a little bit, meh. Um, but like, I know a lot of folks that really like them. They seem to fit a lot of folks well. They're a little boxier than some other diapers that I know, but like, it's all about, you know, what fits your body shape the best. But the original ones were just like, they were peak. Mm -hmm. Wish I still had them. Hey, you could sell them on eBay for 20 bucks a diaper. I mean, I've got two vintage like vintage vintage attends upstairs just hanging out like the really old ones like there's three tapes on each side huh yeah. there was a bag of in the capcom changing room there is legit a bag of lavenders and i was like um yes unfortunately they were not they were very much not my size but as just single tier still holding out that they'll come back one day I wish I had known that they were going out of out of production too, because I had like a case and a half of them that I sold to a friend of mine at the uh, playhouse that I go to. Mm -hmm. Oh well. Oh well. They'll come back. What is the next question? Mimi, you read it. Dear Jazzy, why are you so awesome? This is from the cryptid hiding in the dumpster out back. They them. Estrogen. Next question. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Dear Jazz Puppy, why do you need a stuffer? And this is from Ko the Little Tooth. She, her. Uh, what Ko is referring to is um, I posted on Twitter <laughs> that uh, my morning diaper change included a stuffer. And I was not aware until I woke up to the sound of crinkling and daddy wrestling me awake and laying out a diaper on the bed as I was first waking up and he was unrolling a stuffer into it. I'm just like, oh my God, uh, what's that for? And he was like, well, today you're getting a stuffer and you're staying in this for hours and we are going to lay out your train in the office upstairs while I'm working. And that's like, okay, that's what we're going to do today. I'm here for this. <laughs> and it was really fun. It was, that was, a, it was a really good day. I got to lay out my train set. Uh, that's, that's when I posted on Twitter when uh, my daddy took a picture of me playing with the trains <laughs> and, sent it, and sent it to my actual bio mother. <laughs> Which by the way, on the one hand, super awesome. On the other hand, scary af how did you handle that uh i was freaking out she handled it great <laughs> it was really fun uh i still really want to have her on the show and have the server ask her some appropriate mother appropriate questions and so i won't be but... here <laughs> probably not if i have my mom on an episode it will likely either just be me and her or like me and mimi and her just <laughs> just to rule out any margin for error as it were i feel like i can be trusted <laughs> yeah 
No, but, but seriously, also, what's your call? I would never dream of intruding on that. Goddamn. She already found my passies once. I don't want her to find out about anything else. Oh. Parents Probably finding good. out about... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I... Oh, parents finding out about stuff is so stressful. <laughs> it really is. Did I, did I tell so you what fun. happened right before my office closed with my parents? No, what happened? Oh my god. Um, way, way back in, oh my god, years ago. It's like, gotta be about, about a decade ago now, almost. Yep, we're coming pretty close up onto a decade. Um, when I very first, like, I mean, when I started, I, you know, I was buying things where I could and, you know, sneaking them in the house, living with my folks and all that. But, um, the very first pack of like non-drugstore diapers kind of deal was actually bought for me. A friend of a a close friend of mine bought me a a bag and sent them to me. And so we, we planned all of this stuff and tried to be really discreet, except they did one thing wrong. Oh, no. What I didn't realize until a little while after was they forgot to uncheck the please send me your catalog. <gasps> oh, no! <laughs> no! So oh, I've been no. successfully hiding these stupid things, and I thought... <laughs> But I finally curbed it, right? And uh, my mother texted me when I was at work. And she's like, I need you to call this company and get this to stop because we keep getting your catalogs here. And I'm just like, fuck. (gasps) Oh, Oh, no. No. No, I mean. What company is it? What, What catalog? You know, she ordered them from Amazon, but I guess it was sourced from Age Comfort. (laughs) <laughs> but you know what it's fine i managed to like wiggle my way out of it because there's plenty of products from age comfort that me having would actually make sense for example a knee brace for my knee that i basically exploded playing squash so there are there are some things i can wiggle but like fuck if my parents don't know by now it's like i i don't even there's yeah. it's just it's just whatever, but like, <laughs> I ca- and I can't get them to unsubscribe my address because one, I'm not in contact with this friend anymore. Two, I called them. Their phone lines are disconnected because oh, you know, COVID. And three, yeah. I've emailed them like 17 million different times, explained the situation. And they're like, oh, sorry, we can't help you. And then they just stopped responding. So I'm like. Oh, that's balls. Uh, I mean, like, I think the only <laughs> thing I have left to do is call Canada Post and be like, this, Help. stop this from showing up at my house. I don't live here anymore. Burn it. <laughs> Burn it all. Oh my God, that is so stressful. I'm guessing something must have worked because it was like, I don't know, March, April when this happened. I haven't heard anything from my mother since that or she's just given up. did she ever like look into the catalogs and be like hmm why is my daughter looking at passies and stuff you know i have no idea but like honestly i'm pretty sure that there's literally nothing i can do that would surprise my parents at this point yeah (laughs) 
I mean, my parents know that I run a sex podcast and they don't question it. They're just like, we don't care. We don't want to know. We're just happy that you're supporting yourself. <laughs> I'm just like, I love you too. It, it was, it was, it was something. I'll tell you. It's, yep. God um, damn, that's stressful. I mean, it really just boils down. It, it boiled down that, well, I mean, I had the very strict British mother. She's not good at boundaries. <laughs> yeah. So. I can't imagine why. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, good question. Good question. Let's do the next one. Okay. If you hear me rustling around, I may or may not have unboxed the little soldering stand, and I'm I'm, I'm playing with it right now. Focus, it's yes. really good. Focus. This I am, I am your focusing. Show. <laughs> I got a new toy. I'm slightly okay, inebriated. She's, she's, she's very little and doesn't have proper object permanence yet. It's just, it's True. kind of. <laughs> that and my, my drink was 40% alcohol. So I'm doing my best right now. I've got to think of a way to torment that. No, don't. <laughs> please don't. I can go get that storybook. No, that's unnecessary. That's a fun way to melt Jazzy into a puddle. Dear no. Jazzy, can you give us a list of your favorite books and how they shaped your view of things? Very technical this week, I know. I'm low on the questions, and after last week, my brain is fried. Have an easy one. Signed, Cloud of Puddle, she, her. Uh, my favorite books that shaped my view of things would probably be the books that I started reading when I got when I first got into witchcraft and Wicca and vampirism. Um, specifically the Psychic Vampire Codex by uh, Zosh from House Keperu. Um, Buckland's Complete Guide to Witchcraft was really, really good. Um, a lot of like esoteric texts like that. And also it's not particularly a book, but the Rider Waite Tarot deck was also really good. But in terms of like non like crunchy literature, um, I literally almost just said, "Oh yeah, the Communist Manifesto" as well. But everyone knows that. Um, in terms of fiction, I really really enjoyed reading uh, the D and D books, not like the fiction, but the actual like source books. And I have a complete collection of all the source books from all the editions, going back to AD and D one. And in high school, I would just take all those to school and just read them and pour over the pages. And I knew that I would never, like, get a chance to play AD&D 2nd Edition with, like, Thacko and, like, Combat Matrices. But there is still something so cool, and it appealed to, like, my very, like, computery, analytical mind. And I was just really into it. So that is what I would say. What about you two? Well, f first off, Thacko is all we had. Thacko like, is all we had. Like, and it worked. Like, you can't be mad at, you know, the Model T. Because it's all they had. Like, there wasn't variety. There wasn't choice. Thacko wasn't... gets a bad rap. <laughs> no, Thacko was fucking awful. <laughs> it, it, it is... But it's also not the worst thing ever made, like some people make it out to be. Uh, like, are you, do you like, mean it's bad? Thacko versus OCV DCV of the Hero Six system. Oh god, that was the worst thing ever. 
Well, that one's still going, honey. Like they're on their sixth edition. It takes I two hardcover books to cover the core rules. God damn, that's worse than Warhammer. Each one is like eight hundred pages. No. Yes. No. no. Wonder you why could, I'm not involved in these games. You could bludgeon <laughs> yeah. someone to death with the core rule books. So, anyway, if they don't pass their Thacko test, Mimi. What are your favorite books, and how did they shape your view of things? There's a couple of series that really did it for me. Um, you know, when I was a lot younger, I wasn't really much of a reader. A um, little bit here and there. The book series that like completely shifted that for me was uh, the Spiderwick Chronicles. Oh, yeah. Back when they first released, yeah. they were so much fun to read. They were they weren't very long books. They weren't very complicated, but they were just fun. And mm -hmm. I remember we were on a family trip going up to Scotland, and I I was I read them all on the one you know trip up. And uh, it, it's funny because I read there's five of them. I read like two of them going up, one of them in combination with being glued to the ColecoVision <laughs> that we had at the cottage <laughs> in Scotland. And then the last two coming back. And from there, there's a, like a couple of series that just really kind of... One of the book series is not like super recent, but it's recent enough for me, um, is the Codex Alera by Jim Butcher. Mm -hmm. I've heard good things about that one. Fantastic series. I actually heard... I'm not, I'm not sure of the facts of this, but the person who introduced me to it was explaining that from what they understood and the research they did, the author was actually has a friend that made a joke and challenged them to write a book combining Roman legionnaires and Pokemon. I think I remember you telling so me that. He did. And he did an amazing job. It's it's there's really there's there's a little bit in it for everybody. There's you know, there's some political stuff, there's some, you know, um there's action, there's uh character development, world building. It's just it's an insane, beautiful series. Um, a lot of the series that I've read that do a lot for me show a lot of character building and how the character develops through those stories is really important to me. Um, and it's really important to me that the characters behave like adults. Like, they behave like believable people. That's irony. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know. Um, so... Jim Butcher's Codex Alera was really big for me. Um, up until fairly recently, I was very glued to um, Terry Goodkind's Sort of Truth series, which uh, there's a lot of problems with it. I really enjoyed it. Um, the author's an absolute dickbag. <laughs> He's so bad. Oh, no. <laughs> like, are we talking? Are we talking J.K. Rowling level dickbag? There's or? no have, such thing. I have not heard of him doing anything like really shitty like that. But he does do things like, I don't write fantasy. I write important stories intrinsic to the human experience. The fuck? Uh, <laughs> oh, that's just being pretentious. That's not bad. I thought we were talking like oh, um, he's so infuriated. He somebody asked him at a panel, "What is your favorite fantasy book?" Classify like specifically fantasy book that you have read that is currently like 
like modern production. And he, and he named his the own Christian book. Bible. Oh. <laughs> God damn it. Are you named serious? his own goddamn book. That's He's pompous. Such a pretentious dickbag. <laughs> if you can't say any, if you can't say anything but your own work, just say fucking Lord so, of the Rings. So they turned around and clarified. They're like, okay, so anything that's not your own book, that's you know, you know, current. He turns around and answers Anne Rand. Ew, oh. gross. And, and I'm just, I'm dead just like, <laughs> it's oh, it hurts. He. I loved his book so much, and then I found out what a pretentious dickbag he is, and I just can't do it. it the, just... mention, the mention of Ayn Rand is going to get the people who message me like, you're going to politics out your Jay-Z. That's going to get those people all riled up again. But the do only... They, do they sound like that when they message you? That That's like my mental image of their voice. They're like, talking about politics in the show. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> the only other um, book that I'd series that I'd say that really had a big impact on me was the Night Angel trilogy by Brent Weeks. Um, mm. The character development in that series is really good, and there's a lot of development based on sacrifice, which is something that resonates a lot with me. Um, it's like human sacrifice, personal sacrifice. Oh, okay. I don't want to really, you know, say too much about it in case either of you decide to read it. I highly recommend it. They're phenomenal books but um yeah it's the way that the characters develop and the way you kind of learn about their their journey and everything they go through is really powerful so highly recommend hi very good did you ever read um tithe by holly black who was the author of the spiderwick chronicle I oh no! Tithe, Ironside, and Valiant is the trilogy. Do yourself a favor and read it. It is a modern take on fae, uh, fairies, and and the like. It is mm -hmm. dark. It is gritty. It is beautiful. Uh, nice. That book influenced my writing style much more than my life. Uh, but highly recommend it. Great story, great characterization, great plot, great stylistic uh, choices in the writing. So I will have to do that. Um, I was that kid in school that sat in the back of the room and didn't talk to anybody and read books all the time because nobody liked me. Mm -hmm. And I started with Tolkien in, like, the third grade. And nice. uh, I read the entirety of the Piers Anthony Xanth series, which, if you know anything about that, it will help you understand my sense of humor. Mm -hmm. So that those definitely shaped my early development. But you know what else shaped my early development? Jolive the Amazon Warrior. Now, I don't know if you know this, this book series. It's porn. It's basically porn. And I was reading that at 10 years old, 11 years old, something like that. Um, it's a society of Amazons 
who conquer through sex. And the the titular character is a very strong female character who ends up in compromising position. So I'm getting very strong, like Conan the Barbarian, or like Xena Warrior Princess vibes yes. from this. Yes, definitely, definitely the right like, vein, but a lot more like sex. Same type of like '80s, '90s, like extreme, like that sort of stuff. Um, no, because this is from like the '70s. I dig oh, it. okay. Um, it these were like the naughty girls version of the bodice ripper. Like, it involved a lot of bondage gear. It involved um, slavery between characters. And these kinds of things really got me going. And, yeah, surprise. I feel like I've got a whole list of books I got to go read now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. To the, welcome to the Dear Jesse Book Club podcast. <laughs> book Club, now Book in- Channel, Cooking Show, Podcast. Uh, and a, art studio, and art studio, uh, Warhammer live streamer, <laughs> and occasional fetish advice show. That's right. Occasional, occasional. Well, I mean, this ties into fetish advice. It does. Like it this, does. My my mother left these books um, on a closed bookshelf, and I devoured the entire series, and I. Yeah, it left an impact on me. Um, the other books that really shaped me were Robert Anton Wilson's The Illuminatus Trilogy mm-hmm. um, and Aleister Crowley's biography, The Golden Dawn. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm very, I'm very familiar with Crowley's work. Well, it was a book about him rather than being written by him. But oh, the Book of Lies oh, okay, gotcha. is also like the uh, the Mountaineer. The poem from the Book of Lies mm. is like part of my life philosophy. Mm. Yeah, I'd be very interested to read that book on Crowley because there's a lot of discussion within pagan and witchcraft circles about the Golden Dawn and specifically how they did a lot of work with very what we call high magic or ceremony magic or like ritual that sort of stuff so the same thing that you see in churches every sunday but in a different context and with a lot and, more sex and with a lot more sex Rally <laughs> was tantric not, he he absolutely was and that's not the type of magic that i practice in in my expression of wicca and everything but it is still like an important part of understanding like everything as a whole and Crowley was kind of an asshole as a human being but you know under reading his work it's kind of like you have to read like some of the reformers who were assholes in order to get a view of like Christianity and to learn about theology and all that stuff so it's it's like similar in my opinion I agree with you and it was a really good it's actually a rare book uh, I ended up having to get it through an interlibrary loan. Ooh. You know, I back actually... when the card catalog was a thing. <laughs> yeah, the card catalog and Dewey Decimal System meant something. Uh-huh. Back in my day. Um, I actually, last time I visited uh, Detroit, the time that I did not get a chance to 
bebopping up to the S&P household. The time that you um, drove by my house without saying hi. I We were on a mission. I was there for Daddy on a work trip. Uh-huh. I did my best. But um, we got to go to, I think it was called King's Bookstore. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Beautiful. I walked away with so many new books and, like, a couple rare ones, too. We were really, really happy with our finds. But were they new books? No, they were uh, very gently used. Uh-huh. That's King's. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, that is the Dear Jesse Book Club for the week. That was a, one, that was a big one, question. That one was a more good question. book to put one on the book. table before we move on. If you like really dark type stories, um, this one is in particular is a, a fairly dark take on the classic Peter Pan story. Um, but it's called The Child Thief. And it is mm-hmm. dark. <laughs> oh, it doesn't really sound dark. dark. It sounds like a romp. <laughs> it's it's really good um it's by uh gerald brum and if like i said if you're interested in something uh fun to read and like it's fairly dark like i said you should check it out it's a good book good stuff but speaking of peter pan that leads in really well to the next question hey <laughs> hey you Dear Jazzy. Oh, go, 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 go. I've been doing too many. Go. Go. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez, eh? You hoser. Take off, eh? Go home, you hoser. Hey, go home, you hoser. <laughs> Jazzy talking about listening to me talk about tuna toast in a some a accent of some sort. <laughs> me messaged me the other day. Like, I can't wait for my tuna toast. I'm just like, I love you. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hear it. Oh, it's there. I, oh, you I don't am, hear it? It's more pronounced right now while you're elevated. I, I honestly <laughs> don't hear it. Like, uh-huh. it's... Elevated. Yeah, and pudding doesn't but, have an accent either. I'm not saying it's not there. I'm just saying that I don't hear it. Because, uh-huh. like, my friend, um, my French vanilla friend, my work wife that I talk about, pointed it out to me uh, at work one time, and I'm sitting there for, like, 20... I just don't hear it. But apparently everybody else so that's funny for them. Where I'm from in Ohio, specifically in my high school, you had one of three accents. You had the very (laughs) bland Midwest accent. You had either the hashtag gay voice, which I really don't like the idea of gay voice or gay accent, slash valley girl accent. Or you had, yee-haw, confederacy with power of Ohio. And it's just like, you had one of those three accents and there was no in between because Ohio is a strange place. And also Cleveland is a stranger place. I've never, (laughs) you would be shocked at the number of Confederate flags that are a thing above the Mason Dixon line. I I would be shocked, but I would continue to be sad. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the next question? So, dear Jazzy and Miss Mimi, what's your fondest childhood memory? Alternatively, what's your fondest adult memory so far? This is from Raph, pronouns he, him. I think my fondest childhood memory, and I'm thinking about this looking at the um, 
looking at the fresh box of Cabalite Warriors that Wrath sent me. <laughs> at least, <laughs> at least I think that was Wrath. I I thought I read the name on the on the slip correctly. He sent his like real name, and I didn't want to read that on the show. But um, but looking at like the models I have unpainted on my desk, um, by far I ha- I had um my childhood was like not. It was not rough. Like, my family wasn't rich, but, like, we only struggled at, like, one point, you know? And then it was just fine for the rest of it, and I went to private school. So it wasn't, like, bad. And my parents were, like, cool for the most part. But my childhood really, really sucked because I had literally zero friends growing up. And, like, from kindergarten to senior year of high school i was getting like beat up and you know quote unquote bullied when the real word is i was getting assaulted like people tone down what happens to them as just calling it bullying and i'm here to say like don't tone down your experiences say what it actually is like being assaulted in multiple different ways, if you catch my drift, without getting into triggering territory, school was fucking awful. And for that reason, I didn't leave the house, like, ever. I barely played outside. I I, I wasn't even social in MMORPGs. I was, like, solitary. Like, totally. And it was really and i was just this really nerdy kid who was really into like fantasy and science fiction and without any friends and i couldn't really like relate to a lot of people so some of the like couple of like quote you know friends that would go on to later be assholes to me in high school but people whom i thought were my friends at the time in high school were like hey you should this is my freshman year we're like, hey, you need, you should check out this game with us. I was like, sure, what is it? And they're, they're, they said it's called Warhammer. I was like, what's that? What system is it for? And they're like, uh, no, it's like Dungeons and Dragons. But instead of having one model, you have like a thousand models. I'm just like, sign me up. And um, so I look it up on the internet on <laughs> on the school's very very slow then dial up connection. Um, and I, I find the Games Workshop website, and I and I like print it off, and I show my dad when I get home. And I'm like, Dad, check this, check this out. This is really cool. And there's a store here in Cleveland that uh, that sells these models and sells this game. And my dad, when he was my age, did have a lot of friends, and he was in the marching band and on the football team. So he was looking at me like his kid. And was like, shit, my kid has having the dead opposite experience as I am, but is showing the same hobbies that I did at that age because he was into models as a kid. But instead of like space elves and stuff like that, he was painting like and putting together like tanks and army dudes and like Mustang cars. So he's so in his mind, he was thinking, here's the chance for me to be able to relate to my teenage kid who is not finding anyone or anything to relate to. So we, we hop in his car and we go to um, we go to this store and it's like the store that's been in the Cleveland area for like literally decades, like since the 70s or 80s. It's been there since like way before I was born, since my family moved to Cleveland, way before that. And it's run by the same guy with the same stock. He has stuff going back to literally 40K first edition. Oh. Like, 
it is so cool. I took a video inside the store. I'll have to send it to you afterwards. But he's got like original like Mark IV Marines in the blister packs at MSRP. And I'm just like, this is the best store ever. Like old issues of White Dwarf and all that stuff. This is a lot of jargon. This is a lot of nerd jargon. I'll cut to the chase. Um, so we go there and my dad sees, you know, I go off and I pick up my box of wood elves in my Warhammer Fantasy Battle 7th Edition hardback rule book and that I saved up like three months of allowance to buy all this. And he's looking around while I pick up my, my elves and he's looking at like, oh my God, I had this GI Joe figure and I had this one too. And he's chatting up with the store clerk and I, I ring up all my stuff in the store clerk after seeing like my dad bring in his kid. And it's just like, he decided not to charge me sales tax because it was just really wholesome. But it was so cute. So my dad and I, we went down to the basement and I was gluing all the figures together and I cut my fingers open like I did on the stream and he helped me like clean up and everything. And then he was like, he sat with me watching. He was, I think we were watching like either Beavis or Butthead or South Park or something. We were watching it together while I was painting and putting together models. And it was just like that really cool bonding experience. And that was one of like, my like most fond memories growing up. And that's not to say like my mother wasn't in the picture. Cause I have a ton of amazing memories with my mother, but this memory in particular really, really sticks out in my memory in this current moment. So I'm going to pass off the talking stick because I've been going at it. <laughs> I mean, it's your shell. You talk all you want, darling. That's true. I'm going to take another swig of my vodka. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's so- definitely not exacerbating the situation. Oh, totally not. So someone else talk about your fondest childhood memories slash fondest adult memories. Do you want to take it, Kimmy, or shall I? Go ahead. Uh, so a little fact about me that not a lot of people know is that I am very, very, very fond of ballroom dancing. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, my parents used to take lessons and um, I used to, instead of staying home with the babysitter, I used to just go and just sit and watch because they, they do private lessons, but there were group classes going on and I could just sit in the studio and just watch everything, right? Um, so in the summer of my grade... This is right when I was transitioning between elementary school and middle school, I guess. Like, our our system's a little bit funky. Like, elementary school goes kindergarten to grade five. Middle school, we're six through eight. And then high school is nine through 12. But um, anyway, I had to change schools. But in the summer of that year, right around my birthday, my parents took the family to go see family on my mom's side in England. And for my birthday, they took me to Blackpool. So Blackpool is a really lovely seaside city. And in Blackpool, they have Blackpool Tower, which is a world-renowned... There's just... There's a circus in there. There's... A small roller coaster in there, but what my mom took me to see was the world-class Blackpool Ballroom. 
it was just something else. Like, I do a lot of stuff with my dad. Um, you know, we do a lot of woodworking together. We do a lot of different projects. Um, my mom and I don't always get to do different things together because it's, it's hard. Um, we're very alike in so far that we bump heads a lot. So the memories that I have doing things special with my mom are very special to me. So when my dad, my brother, my, you know, the rest of my family went out to do the roller coaster thing, my mom took me to see the ballroom, which was like, not even kidding, best birthday that I've ever had. Oh, it was I... the, uh there were so many just, it's such a beautiful ballroom and there was a thing going on and the the dresses and the shoes and the, oh my God. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I am very beautiful. rusty with my dancing uh, as it is right now. And I had to relearn everything, which is not fun, but also fun. <laughs> Because I knew everything backwards. <laughs> and then having to switch parts is, you know, um, an adventure and a half when you've developed, you know, 10 years of muscle memory. Mm -hmm. um, but it was just, it was such a special experience. And it's just one of the ones I cherish, you know? That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Kimmy, do you want to do yours? Ugh, gosh, my fondest. I've been thinking about it this whole time. And I've got some happy memories from my childhood. But I don't know if I have anything that I would call the fondest. Do you have I, a fondest adult memory? Uh, I do, but I, I decline to share it. I can tell a lie tell you a fond adult memory okay but i can't share my fondest that's valid. Um, I, I will after we stop recording if you really want to know sure um so i had just come back from a business trip this is an adult memory obviously so you just started it that way <laughs> no i was eight years old and i was on a business trip um, I had just come home from the business trip and I was exhausted and my birthdays in my adult life have a history of being less than stellar. Uh, mm -hmm. and so I came home, couldn't pick me up at the airport and she was driving me back to the house. And I was just trying to relax. I was just trying to de-stress. Um, and we walk in the door. And the whole room is decorated. And it says, happy first birthday on the wall. And Oh, I think I know where you're going with this. Well, yeah, there are photos of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, where I, that's where I thought it was. And that is a really magical amazing memory where all of these freaking gay ladies 
came together and gave me an amazing birthday. And I was just little the whole rest of the day. And I was cared for and Aww. doted on. And all of my stress was gone. And I was just loved. And that's when you got your uh, sensory cube, yeah? No, that was this year. Oh, okay. This was a different year. This was last year. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. This year I worked on my birthday. Oh, oh no. Well, it's okay. I like my job. Yeah. That was a really good question. Was there any? Was there any more you wanted to add to that? Uh. Be kind to each other. <laughs> be kind to each other. So I'm definitely going to clip at least my portion as um, one of the clips that I show my parents because while my parents do not want to hear me talk about sex because I'm their little angel, uh, they do like hearing the parent appropriate section. So I think I'm going to clip, <coughs> pardon me, <coughs> excuse me. I think I'm going to clip the parent appropriate sections. Oh, that was wholesome. Uh, <laughs> are we ready to move on to the next one or is there yeah. anything else? Cool. Uh, dear Jazzy, lately I've found myself in the caregiver position again for a partner. Do you have any advice for a little turning switch after a year or two? Rebecca, she, her. Well, I, as some people know, I do have a secret little that I don't talk about all that much. And also, I have, like, a very rare, like, mommy space and everything. And I've I shared say, a bed like, with you, and I didn't know you had a little. I know. That's because I don't talk about him, like, at all. And also because he wants to remain in the shadows. And he doesn't live with me and Daddy, and he's not, like, part of our situation. But, you know, he, like, he hangs out with us, you know, sometimes and everything. It's been harder with COVID and everything. But it is, like... It's not something I like to talk about too much because, you know, sometimes I get a little bit self-conscious about, like, does that make me less of a little? Obviously not. And we've talked about that on the show. But for me, you know, there are just sometimes, especially around my period, where I just get, like, baby crazy. And it's just, like, I just want to mother so bad. <laughs> and there are the times where I just, you know, sometimes, you know, that lines up really well with uh, his as well. So sometimes I find myself in that position. But it's hard because, as a everyone knows, I'm basically 100% submissive. So the way I'm able to do that is, um, and the way I parse it through my brain is like, yes, I'm technically in charge right now, but I'm providing a service to someone. And I am... In this moment, I am technically submitting because I'm doing what someone else needs help with. Yep. And Your I am top. like exactly. And it's and it's such like a satisfying feeling, not only for me as a person, but also for me as a bottom and as a sub. And it's really, really, really nice. So that's what I would say. What does what does everyone else say? Well, I'm gonna go off the rails on this question, like big time. Yeah, go so, for it. Mimi, did you want to say anything? Please. Please. Okay. 
I am seeing a shit fuck crap load of red flags in this question. I'm sorry, uh -huh. I said crap. The question, if you read it again, says, Lately I've found myself in the caregiver position again for a partner. There's a lot packed in that sentence. Okay. It's, I've found myself, which implies a lack of willingness. That's red flag number one. Okay. In the caregiver position. That's red flag number two. This is not a comfortable position. This is what I'm this is what I'm hearing from the question. And the next word is again for a partner. This has happened to Rebecca in the past, and I don't know how it ended before, but I'm seeing hesitance, I'm seeing concern, and that's another red flag for me. So there's three red flags in that first sentence. And hmm. the second is for a little turning switch. Okay. Now, switches are perfectly valid. Littles are perfectly valid. Bigs are perfectly valid. Yes, people can change roles. But you cannot change your role to accommodate someone else That's that true. is not being true to yourself it is it's very difficult to handle that situation correctly because not being true to yourself for the benefit of someone else and i'm not talking about jazzy's service top situation here this could be a service top situation but this isn't what i'm sensing from the question not being true to yourself and not being clear in your communication in this situation will lead to resentment. Over time, you will find yourself resenting your partner for needing you to be the top, for not being the top for you often enough, for a myriad of other reasons. Not being true to yourself is very dangerous to your own mental health. So to Rebecca, I say, my advice to you is to look long and hard about why you are taking the caregiver position. Is it fulfilling to you? Does it make you happy? Or are you just waiting your turn? Mm -hmm. Is this a reciprocation situation where, oh yeah, okay, well, I'll be the mommy this time and you can be the caregiver next time. That is a very dangerous path. And I'm not saying that it's not valid and I'm not saying that it can't work, but I am saying that I've seen it explode a lot, not only in my own history, but in others. Resentment? So that is. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I was going to say like this is. Um, I did not think about that at all. So this is. Uh, what you're suggesting is that if this is like, actually like a worst case, what what would be what would you say if this was um, this was the best case and like and it's just like 
an off wording and like everything is okay. <sighs> Chazzy, I love your optimism. <laughs> I really don't think it is. And maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but I'm. But what if it is, like hypothetically? Okay. Let's say that Rebecca here is discovering a newfound desire to care for another. Totally not what I'm sensing here, or it would be I found myself in the position again. But let's say that Rebecca is just learning how to top. Mm -hmm. Communication is the key. And that's true for everything in a relationship. Right. As we keep saying on the show, communication is everything. Communication is key. So, I know it's like the antithesis of the romantic daydream where you're just supposed to fulfill your partner's fantasies without them ever saying a word. That's bullshit. It will lead to sorrow. Communication is the way forward. You sit down. You have a conversation about your likes, dislikes, hard limits, soft limits, and how you can fulfill one another. Because even if you're super into learning how to take care of someone else, there are a countless number of ways to be a caregiver and a countless number of ways to be a submissive a little. And I talked about this a lot in Breaking the Girl, in my book, uh, where I break down the brat versus the princess, for example, and uh, different types of doms. But, and this is the difficult thing in the CGL community, just because you're CG doesn't mean you're going to match with every little. And just because you're a little doesn't mean that you're going to have an easy time finding a CG that messes with you. If mm -hmm. you have a sadistic streak to your dominance and you have a little who wants nothing but kindness and cuddling jazzy. <laughs> Actually, I really like getting beat up sometimes. It's real nice. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to ask you about your craving for a bully earlier but God, the God moment damn. slipped sometimes, by sometimes i just love getting my shit wrecked you know yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but communication is the way forward so let's say this is the best case scenario and you're looking to explore what you want to do is sit down and have that conversation find out what your partner likes have your partner talk you through some of their fantasy it's going to be difficult because anytime you're talking about these private moments you're making yourself vulnerable. Vulnerability is the core. It is the heart of any meaningful relationship. So when you are vulnerable with another human being, you're holding your heart in your hands and you're holding it out in front of you and you're showing it to this other person and you're saying, this is me. And in so doing, 
you are giving the other person the opportunity to do grievous harm to you because you're lowering your defenses. You're holding your heart out. And all you can do is hope that they don't crush it. Mm. But that vulnerability is the only way to have a meaningful, deep relationship with anyone. So even though it's scary, and even though you might get hurt, you have to be willing to hold out your heart. And when you're asking your partner to hold out their heart, to be vulnerable to you, to share their innermost selves and their most private secrets, you have to be understanding that it's fucking scary. Yeah. So you go forward with kindness, with calm, with consideration, and you listen to what they want, and you look at how that meshes with your own desires, and hopefully you'll find a match. If not, hopefully you'll find a way to negotiate. If not, hopefully you'll find a way to peacefully coexist. Yeah. Mimi, do you have anything to add to that? I... Nope. I Sorry. literally couldn't... I couldn't have said it better myself. Sorry. <laughs> so why are you apologizing? Because I, 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 like, yammered there for, like, ten minutes. You gave a really good answer, and I went on for 20 minutes of my story with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rebecca, I hope that helps. If um, I think either way, you need to, to look into your own heart and figure out what it is that you need. Mm -hmm. okay. Shall we go on to the next one? Mimi, read the next one. Hmm. Dear Jesse, if you were a brat, what would be the most fun way to get in trouble? We all know you're a very good princess, but that must mean you know exactly what to avoid, uh, to avoid doing to be a bad girl. So what would be the biggest, most fun and naughty way to deserve punishment this is from lying eagles make ornery noises aka lemon pronouns she her <laughs> oh my god i love getting lemon questions um if i can't even fathom like if i was a brat because i'm not it's like so it's so difficult for me to think like what would i do i i don't know like knocking shit off of daddy's desk like a cat while he's working that that would really just that would really get a paddling how about this one does your daddy ever ask you to bring him a cup of coffee yeah you bring him a cup of coffee with no water and the creamer just tossed in the cup or like just or just like just the grounds just the grounds oh that's evil <laughs> i mean say, there are some but daddy i brought you the coffee oh see i feel like that would fall more into the realm of just being a smart ass because there are definitely times where he's like all right kiddo uh 
we're going to get ice cream, hit the lights, and I just on the light switch, and he's like, listen here, you little shit. Get your ass in the car, turn off the lights. <laughs> and it's just, like, stuff like that, like, being a smartass. But in terms of actually, like, bratting, that's so hard. No, no what you've I, described I'm is bratting. Thinking. Is it? Being a smartass is the key to bratting. Huh. I mean, we have the brat expert, like, right here. We do. Just, like... The like, Bratsford herself. Figuring out a way that you can take a situation and twist it within the letter of the law, but not within the spirit, is the key to bratting. Okay. Okay. I don't know. It's so... This is difficult, because I just love following the rules. <laughs> I really do. Well, see, that's the thing. You I... don't break the rules. You just intentionally misunderstand them but i love following them like to a t you know what i mean like there's only like a couple times like if i skip my nap or if i didn't get my morning coffee and i'm feeling like a little bit like ee -ee, like a certain way i'll just like do the, like the light switch thing or like be a little smart ass and that's what we sum that up is is like oh you're young you don't know any better and that sort of thing so it's not like right and then i go right back to my good girl place and everything it, this is this is a difficult question. This is actually really hard. For you, what is the most fun way that you brat? Uh, I I just explained it. My the my favorite way <laughs> is playing dumb. Which <laughs> you're not dumb. You're happy. That's right. If you listen <laughs> to today's episode of the Usual Bet, I was absolutely being completely dumb, and I loved. it every second of it yes it is were you, were, were you huffing that bimbo gas oh totally uh yes it is a unique intellectual challenge to believably misunderstand something like oh you two talk like oh you two's in the room where's bono like <laughs> that's that, that was good. It takes a quick wit to be able to take the phrase, turn it around in your head, figure out what way you could misunderstand it, and then act upon it. And it's a lot of fun. That's my favorite. I like that. I like that. Because it's also that not, like, destructive. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of people who I feel like their definition of bratting is, like, breaking shit and being a fucking menace and it's like i'm not sure if i can get behind that nope i because... can't either yeah no like my first capcom there was someone who um and for those keeping score at home that was the year that i went with um uncle nif and my big sister ruka um and i'm i'm the little sister of that situation and we were there, and there there was this person that was, and, the, and, like, not someone, like, we had no idea who the fuck she was. And she was just coming up to me and just, like, bullying me. And Nif had to step in and be like, dude, stop. You're not funny. You're just being a dick. And you're hurting my niece's little space. And so she goes away, and then the next day, she finds us in the playroom and try, and is about to, like, come over and knock down, like, my blocks and and if it just looks at her and just shakes his head and she fucks off i'm just like ooh 
first of all, the power move of just being able to tell someone off with just like a look is like, oh, sends shivers down my spine. Mm-hmm. But second of all, it's just like that, you know, I can't get behind that shit, you know? Like, I love being bullied by people I know consensually. Exactly. Yeah. Like, when Chloe knocked down my blocks, it was great. It was really, <laughs> really great. <laughs> uh, That's when funny. Random str- when random strangers do it, not so great. Uh, Chloe and Sophie actually have a difficult time with bullying. It does not come easily to them. Really? Really. Like, if they're in a little place themselves. Like, if they're not, mm. oh my god. Interesting. I had no idea, actually. Yep. I uh, I had asked Chloe to bully me at CAP their first year. And she couldn't do it. It was too uncomfortable. Because my, my little space is, like, pretty innocent. Like, mm-hmm. when I'm actually little... There's not no bratting. Um, and so, like, it's really hard when there's this cute little girl and she's just sitting on the floor playing with blocks to, you know, be intentionally mean. That's actually really, really cute. That's, like, really wholesome, actually. Chloe's wonderful. Sophie's wonderful. Pudding's wonderful. I have a really great family. It's true. The whole household is just wonderful. Uh, Mimi, what would you say? Because I know that you've taken care of a lot of littles. What are some of the most, like, what are some of the ways, besides painting your floor green? I swear to God. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's not bratting. That's being an asshole. Yeah, no, that's being a fucking cunt. Okay. The backstory to that incident is that there there is actually a story behind it i'm not uh, uh i'm not happy that that happened i under like i'm not it happened and it was on the tiles and it was it was easy enough to clean up it doesn't make it okay there was yeah. a backstory of why it happened um that went back to a camping trip and a story that happened when I was on it anyway looking after some littles and they got into the paint and they painted their whole entire lower bodies various colors um there's a whole adventure and a half but I mean (sighs) ways that I've seen littles brought to me I don't I, I really don't know if how I can answer that. one I think one of the ones that I like when this is one that I just enjoy and I I, I have a hard time um not like you can discipline for bratting in, in this capacity I have a hard time disciplining because I just I have a, a fun time with it. And it's specifically when I miss something. If somebody were talking about something or what the situation may be, um, and they make a reference to something, or they, and it's specifically something that I should know, that I know I know, but it just flies right over my head. And then mm-hmm. 
they brat and tease me about it. I have a good laugh at that. Um, there's a bunch of them that have had. I, it's astounding how many things go over my head. <laughs> um, well, that's funny because you're real tall. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Do they throw them <laughs> to make them go over your head? Oh my god. Maybe I'm sitting down. <laughs> they should throw things. They could no. hit you in the head trying to get it over your head. You know, somebody hit me in the head with a pop once. Luckily, it was a soft drink. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. I was, I was <laughs> really afraid. It, it can't go an episode without doing one of them. Come on. Oh, God. A fucking parent joke. Whatever. Okay. So, <laughs> but <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't. I honestly can't say anything comes to mind right off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, that's valid. I don't like when bratting turns destructive and destructive as a fairly broad term because it can do it can touch in a lot of places like the person who was knocking over your blocks you you know that could be destructive to your little space um, painting my floor green you know destruction to <laughs> the damn house that I'm not you know, I'm only <laughs> renting. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, no, yeah, I, I really don't have much more of an answer than that, I'm afraid. Just as long as people don't paint your floor green. If it moves into the realm of some form of destruction or detriment to somebody else that's not playful like if there's it just it's all about intent. it's it's all about intent and result and um if either of those is really out of line then i i really don't appreciate it that's valid all right uh that's all i've got does anyone else have any additional thoughts to that question? Nope. Nope. All right. Well, ladies, that has been an episode of Dear Jazzy. Anything to tell the listeners before we sign off? Like, where can people find you? Start plugging all your stuff, please. Well, are you sure that wasn't like two episodes of Dear Jazzy? It, it we're closing in on two hours pretty fast here. <laughs> <laughs> if it goes over two hours, then it does become two episodes of Dear Chatsy. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at unusually Kimmy. Uh, I am often on the usual bet, and I'm always on the Changing Tabletop, which are the two podcasts done by the Sophie and Pudding crew. Um, you can always catch me in their discord. Feel free to tag me. I love talking to people. I haven't been around a lot lately, but that's going to change. Good stuff. Maybe where can people find you besides on every episode of Dear Jazzy? <laughs> well, as usual, my links are in the description, but you can find me on Twitter at Bellnacht, B-E-L-L-E-N-A-C-H-T. 
Or you can find me on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Miss Mimi's Lullabies. Hopefully there'll be an album released soon. So fingers crossed. Ooh, I did I didn't hear about that. An That's because I didn't I didn't tell you. Ooh. <laughs> you heard it here first, ladies and germs and kids of all gender. That's cool. And I agree. As always. I have been Jasmine Starshine, your gracious host. Thank you for listening. Dear Jazzy is an at oddswithgod.com production. Visit us online at, at oddswithgod.com. Please check out our Patreon to support the ongoing production of the show and get you some porn of yours truly. Just saying, this month we're doing some porn with speckles, and I'm really goddamn excited about that. Um, once again, I've been Jasmine Starshine. Thank you so much for listening. Any final words? Let me have this. Let me have this. Anything for Kimmy? Penultimate. Penultimate. It's a good final All word. Right. Thank you. It's a good final word. Good night, everyone. Thanks but it's not listen. final. Well, it is as soon. It is now. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> good night, everyone. Bye. Vader up. There we go. Your Vader? When did we start talking yes. Star Wars? Ah, uh, yes, my Darth Vader. <laughs> I have 100% used that Darth Sidious quote like seven different times in a bunch of different servers, and it always has the best desired effects. It's so perfect. Yes. Good. Nobody sees it coming, and it's perfect because I have the perfect gift to go with it after, and it just. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the Darth Sidious vine where it's him zapping Mace Windu and he's just <laughs> and it's just like the crunchy meme distortion with the lightning bolt. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh my god. Because I'm just a Neanderthal with my sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs>